Hello and welcome to another episode of the Collapsing Game Shelf Podcast, a podcast by a group of Dutch civil officials with way too many board games. I'm Tom, the sanitation engineer, and I'm joined by... Justin, your local carpenter. Uh, Adam, the pump operator. <laughs> and Debbie, the dictator. I, I mean, director. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Same thing. Same thing. Different name, I think, right? <laughs> Same thing. Pretty close. They, they look very, very similar. Picture of lady yelling into phone, right? You could just superimpose <laughs> Debbie right on top of that. That is exactly what you could do. This is a board game podcast where we play board games in our collection and then talk about them. And today we are talking about Pandemic, colon, Rising Tide. Uh, this is one that's in Justin's, or is it your brother's collection? Yes. It's the uh, one in the limited series of Pandemic Offspring side shoots. I don't know what the hell do you call these limited yet growing like madness. Yeah. I think it's officially the survival series limited edition is what it says on the box. What else is uh, oh what my. else is in the survival edition survival series? I'm quite sure uh, Iberia is, and then yep. I Fall of Rome. Yeah, Fall of Rome is. Uh, Cthulhu might be. I'm not exactly sure. And otherwise, I don't know. It's hard to keep up. There's so many. Yeah. Some of those are based off of real things. And then there's the Cthulhu one, which is... You, you trying to tell me that Cthulhu isn't real? I mean, I guess there's a lot of things I don't know. But I mean, I've never met the man. <laughs> That's um, fair. <laughs> but so do you have do you have the box ready? Or am I going to have to like wait five minutes for you to go pick it out from somewhere? Oh, no, no. I got the box right here. Ooh. Oh, shaky, it's a shaky. good sounding box. Good stuff right there. Great sounding box. Uh, yeah. So this is a game where uh, it's, I mean, it's pandemic, but there's water and you're in the Netherlands and you're trying to make sure that the water doesn't become the Netherlands, I guess, more or less. Uh, no, no. Yeah. You're, you're there. You're trying to keep the water out instead of diseases, but it's, you know, it's pandemic. Anyway, this is one in Justin's collection. So he's going to give you the uh, back of the box blurb. Pandemic. Rising tide. For hundreds of years, the Dutch have depended on dikes and wind-powered pumps to keep the water from invading their lands. With nearly a quarter of the Netherlands reclaimed from the sea, or even below sea level, flooding from the North Sea storms and overflowing rivers are constantly looming threats. In pandemic rising tide, it's up to you and your team to prevent water from overflowing the Netherlands. As you sail these water-filled regions, you will build dikes to control water flow, ports to facilitate travel, and windmills to pump water out of flooded lands. But storms are brewing, and the sea is restless. Will your efforts be enough to reclaim your land from rising tide? Number one, build dikes across the land. Two, stop water from engulfing the country. And three, build the four historic hydraulic structures to win the game. Step five, profit. <laughs> All, all in all, this just sounds like it was custom made for civil engineers to drool over. Um, 
but yeah, it's a, I mean, if you've ever played Pandemic, it's more or less Pandemic. Uh, for those of you that haven't played Pandemic, I'm not sure where you've been, but here's the overview of how this game works. Uh, you're going to have like, uh, you're going to have a couple decks of cards. One deck of cards is going to have the uh, the locations that are on the map because you've got a big map and it's separated into, I can't remember what the hell they call them, but they're basically like these areas that are uh, hydraulically important or connected, I guess you could almost say. Like, they're, they're these like water boundaries where this area is, is worse, so we we separated it out. It's not a necessarily a real place according to the manual, but they're like political and any it's not important. Don't worry about it. It's separated into stuff. And that stuff is gonna have like these dikes separating them and all this other junk. That's that's all part of the setup and the the way it works shit, I'm all over the place already. This is this this summary's already going to pot. But like you've got a couple of decks of cards. One deck of card is one deck of cards is going to have all of the locations in it, and these are going to be constituting your hand throughout the game, and you're going to be using those to like help you move around or build structures. And the aim of the game is essentially for uh, you, you're, you as a team, to collect enough cards of the same color in one person's hand to be able to build those four hydraulic structures. You do that, and you're going to be able to win the game. <clears throat> Another deck of cards that exists is the one where the bad stuff happens, which also has names of all the places. Um, and these ones are going to be drawn throughout the game to indicate where water is starting to seep in and erode everything away. The way the game works is that once you've set up the initial map, uh, which is essentially drawing cards from that uh, from the bad deck and like fucking up the country, um, removing dikes based on how many cards you're pulling out and maybe filling stuff with water, um, you're going to be going around uh, one person at a time doing the following set of things. Each person gets one of four actions, which is going to be essentially like moving somewhere or building a windmill or putting up a dike or getting rid of water or solving the crisis or uh, getting cards from people, as well as there are like action cards, which sometimes don't take actions, but you can kind of just play them anytime. Um, you do those four actions, um, some of which are better depending on who you're playing. Like the carpenter is just really good at building dikes, just super good at dikes. The pump guy is just really good at getting rid of water. It, as you would imagine, the director is very good at just yelling at people and telling them to go places. Um, after you've done those four actions, you get more cards out off of the uh, the helpful deck, which might have things like more uh, more locations, event cards, or storms, which make things worse. But don't worry about that. They only come up all the time. Uh, after you're done drawing those cards, you're then going to draw more cards off of the bad deck to figure out which places get more water cubes or get their dikes eroded. Um, then you're going to pass to the next person and you carry on doing that until one of like several lose conditions happens. One of which is like, if you run out of all the, the cubies, right, there's a, only a certain number of water cubies to go around, which get spread out depending on what things happen and where floods occur and stuff like that. If they're all gone, you lose because Netherlands is now the sea, essentially. Um, if you run out of cards, I think that's another one. I don't, that's pandemic, but I think if you run out of cards, you're also basically screwed. Um, and is there, I don't think there was a, there's not like a breakout epidemic type thing. It's just, it's just because it's all water. But in original pandemic, there was like a third losing condition, which was like if too many outbreaks happen, then everything goes chaotic and everything goes to shit. Um, but the game is essentially you and your other team members working together to try to keep the water from flowing 
going in and collect cards and make sure that everything stays above water for long enough to for you to build these four structures. The four structures are kind of interesting compared to just the four diseases in normal pandemic because they have a little bit of a special thing to them. So depending on which one you build, you'll get a little bit of a bonus when you build it. And, uh, and once you get all four of them, that's when you win the game. We tried it on the hardest level because Justin didn't ask us and just decided that we were pros at it and threw all the fucking cards in and we we didn't make it but you know it's it's pretty fun to try uh even though the storms are just kicking your ass the whole time um arguably we came we came pretty close um so anytime you draw like i don't want to get too much into the minutiae of how everything works because it's i find that it's actually way more complicated to try to explain than original pandemic original pandemic i found was like if a city gets too many cubes in it it'll like explode outwards the way that these situations work in this one are more of like i find it's it's more trying to keep it um in tune with like how water works so if a place has more cubes than a place that's adjacent to it and there's no dike separating them then water will flow from one place to another um and cause potential problems um and so i find that this situation made it a little harder for me personally to figure out exactly what was going on um but yeah you get your four actions you do some stuff try to get cards of the same color into each other's hands so that you can build the four things and you try to make sure that you don't basically run out of water cubes before you can do that um i don't know if there's a better way to explain that justin or if there's anything i missed your turn (laughs) i'll I'll try so the way it kind of works is yeah like tom said think like water if there's three cubes the next region if there's nothing protecting it like a dike we'll have two then one so on zero after one um but it will only go up to that so that region already has two and the previous has three the water's not going to flow into it Uh, like it won't automatically put in one so there are ways you can kind of control it the other main way being the windmills which automatically pump every round um the one problem that can happen though is if it ever would get four cubes um because of the card being drawn and it already had three it kind of causes an immediate um flood or uh, i think it's called a water flow step so that that could spread out and then the next card drawn could add a third to another one and so you kind of have this cascading flood which is really bad um whereas with yeah normal pandemic you kind of have that explosion out of a single point in this the water never goes away unless you're pumping it in one way or another one. So it's more important to sort of corral the water with the dikes uh, because the dikes also act as sort of temporary stops to the water. If the card would be drawn in a region, you remove a dike first before putting down the water. So it's important to uh, maintain your infrastructure. Back to you, Tom. Riveting. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. It's, it's got all the same fun stuff with Pandemic. Like, you got your roles where everybody is a little bit different and everybody has their speciality. Like, the uh, sanitation engineer is able to go and pick up cards out of the discard, which is good because, like, as you're going about doing your turns, some of the actions require you to spend the card of the region that you're in to be able to build something, like the ports 
or the windmills. And so they're able to uh, go around the map kind of picking up these discarded cards. So you can be a little bit more free about what you're doing because those aren't just gone forever like like you w- like they would be in normal circumstances. Uh, the director, you know, gets to order people around, moving people around the map. Pump guy is good at pumping. Uh, harbor master guy is good at harbor mastering. Um, and I think there's like eight or so of these. So they, they, you know, they got their various like, they got their various niches, right? You're working together. You're trying to figure out this puzzle. And I found that like this game is a nice, fresh kind of like take on the whole pandemic thing. And it was kind of nice to have something that wasn't the same, uh, the same theme. So having something that was sort of like water and building up dikes is a little bit fresher in my mind than, you know, diseases. Cause like, Lord knows, I don't really want to have to talk about diseases anymore. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting because you get a little bit of this, uh, trying to, trying to learn these incredibly hard to pronounce Dutch names, which is pretty fun. They don't give you any sort of pronunciation guide or translation or whatever. So you can have a lot of fun just like totally mangling them, basically, uh, which was, you know, half the fun for me. And I think uh, a lot of the fun for Debbie was her texting her family, trying to figure out how to pronounce half these goddamn things. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, th- I thought it was a really fun little game, uh, fun take on Pandemic. Um, and yeah, I, I had a pretty good time with it. I have a good time with Pandemic normally. Um, I think the only thing that I found a little bit confusing was like, again, with the water things, I think I, it took me a lot longer to try to get a handle on like what was happening with respect to the water than it did in like normal pandemic. Cause in normal pandemic, you have like very clear lines about where it's going to go if things go bad. Whereas in this things were a little bit harder to figure out because it was more of a, the map was more correct. If that's, it was more like a simulation than what pandemic is, which is just like dots with with lines connecting them, right? Uh, so I found that a little bit harder, but I mean, that also helps to bring in the immersion because you do feel like you're, you know, dealing with a real crisis having to do with all this water and all these dikes and they've got cool windmills and stuff. So I thought it was, I thought it was a nice fresh take on the whole thing. Joel, Joel, think. I think I had the best pronunciation. Yes, uh, I'm sure Debbie will gladly attest to. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. I, I'm pretty sure I butchered that uh, quite quite fully. And I, I really enjoyed this one, um, partially because it is a fresh take. I mean, a l- most of the pandemic games are all, you know, pretty much it, – it, well, it's a good take on the formula. Let me say this again. It's it's a nice take on the regular pandemic formula, which can get stale after a while um, because I think we've all – played it a lot and i enjoy just having that sort of that similar base so it doesn't take as long to learn but just that sort of like new challenge and new way of thinking things with the water flowing and not just the diseases just trying to keep all the cities below three and this it's like oh shit we got to keep these dikes going and then the water's got around and it's like ah damn it now there's like a massive flood in the south and no one's down there and yeah, it, it's just I, I enjoy a new challenge and puzzle. And uh, I also had a great deal of fun trying to pronounce uh, the various names like the Zuderzee and the Nordzee. Um, and uh, it, it's got a nice amount of historical sort of 
and more like kind of realistic kind of approach to like the map and all the naming, which I find um, they do a lot in sort of these survival limited edition ones. It's a lot more kind of based in like actual geography and kind of actual events, um, which is also why I enjoy like Iberia, um, whereas regular pandemics a lot more abstracted. But um, yeah, no, I, I always enjoy having new characters to play with and kind of new abilities and uh, tackling a new puzzle, which this definitely was. Yeah. Neuter Spooter. Neuter Spooter. Kiermerland. Neuter Spooter. Market Word. Flevoland. <laughs> we can't, we, we cannot, we cannot publish this. <laughs> Debbie. I think when, when we started, like when you started with the, the like Texan accent. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Going down over there to Kimmerland? Yeah. I, I need some help over here in Mark Award. <laughs> that, I think that was probably like the the pinnacle for me. It's it's best <laughs> when you're intentionally butchering them, I think. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, it's funny because my, like I was, I was taking pictures, like some of this stuff is, is written in, in kind of an older, older style of Dutch. Um, and so, you know, I was taking pictures, sending it to my parents because it is, it is very cool. Like it's, it's, it's very interesting to see an English game that has like, I don't know, the Dutch language on it. Like it's just, it, and it's, I, I don't know, it's just not something that you would expect to see, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but um, so it's really kind of cool. And so I'm taking pictures of it and, you know, like sending out my parents these, uh, these pictures and, you know, taking little recordings here and there and, and uh, sending it to them because I mean, I like, even for myself, I'm looking at a lot of these words and saying like, honestly, like, I don't have a clue. I, I, how would I ever know these words? They're not exactly, you know, I don't know, common language from my perspective. Um, and, you know, my mom's sending messages back where she's, like, enunciating every, every word. Like, like she's talking like to she's a group talking. of slow children. Not far off. Well, it's like it's like that old school, you know, uh, learn a learn a new language thing, right? Where it's like very slowly enunciating it, and it's just it, it was just really funny because by the time you hear her pronounce it and you look back at the word, you're like, oh, oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> oh, totally. it totally makes sense. sense. <laughs> I mean, I would have never gotten there, but I, it totally makes sense. Um, but it's I, I don't know. It's it's for me, it's kind of really cool to see a game about something like that that's just you just don't expect it i don't know um i i agree with tom that it's it was it's a little harder to kind of keep track of because um you're looking at like entire area boundaries and it's it's not that straight line but it's you know it's not even like a wide road like we're talking this like crazy long borders that you miss this tiny little itty bitty corner and you're like oh okay well you know at the end of the game um the second game that we played you know we're we're sitting there and we're thinking you we got so much better at this um and then you know we go to start a new round and and we look at the board and it's like oh yeah mm -hmm, so we missed that and that goes there and then oh yeah okay so no i actually lost the game Like it just, I mean, that in a sense was kind of frustrating. I think one thing that they did that was um, like, now that I think about it in hindsight, they put colored dots inside the um, 
the shadow box for where you would put the dikes. And I'm I, I'm wondering if those dots are actually supposed to help you with this problem. Um, as far as I know, the dots are just there for the initial setup. So there's red dots, which always start with a dike, and then the blue okay. dots represent dikes that have already collapsed. Okay, so, but if you think about it, if there's a dot, regardless of what color it is, that mm-hmm. dot should indicate that there's a border. Yes. Right? So I can't imagine that they have a border without a dot on it. No, they all have dots. Yeah. So I, you know what? So I think that may have, I think it's kind of that, you know, can't see the tree for the forest kind of thing. Mm. We are right? just slow like, children is what you're trying to say. Like, well, I think that we were just, you're just, you're so overwhelmed by the, like, yeah, yeah. the grandiosity of it, I guess, right? That you're, mm-hmm. you kind of stop to see those, stop seeing things like that. And I'm guessing that that actually probably would help is if you, if you just looked at those dots and you're like, okay, yeah, so obviously there's connection here. Obviously there's connection here. Um, yeah. And I think that would have made it less overwhelming. But I obviously didn't think about that until about, I don't know, 12, 30 in the morning uh, when I couldn't <laughs> sleep. And I was like, oh, I remember seeing dots. Oh, the dots, <laughs> right. You, you, you couldn't sleep because the thought of the Netherlands sinking into the ocean just yes. kept you up at night? Yes. I was thinking about you killing my people. Well, not my all of them. Poor people. There's the highlands. Well, no, I mean, there's a couple Yeah, there's lands. like at least... <laughs> three areas of highland yeah i mean they're safe right? there was a there was a couple of places where they didn't build under sea level you know you you, you can't you can't change geography right you just kind of have to go with it unfortunate but true um but no i mean for me it was it was a it was fun i agree it's it's a good change and it's a an interesting change from pandemic um it's I kind of, I don't know, in some ways I like that uh, that idea that there's not a, almost like a bursting balloon mechanism, right? So in normal pandemic, it's like you can have a certain number of cubes, and please correct me wrong, but you can have a certain number of cubes in a city, and you can just keep getting them in that city until you hit that brink, right? And then mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, now that you've hit this volume, now it's going to like, you know, exploding water balloon. Um, so I kind of like the idea of that, of that continuous trickle um but at the same time it also stops you from having that safety net um i i get given the fact that we played on the hardest level like the hardest difficulty um i think that had we gone down maybe one or two we probably would have accomplished it and Hmm. i think i'd feel better about it (laughs) Uh, i i did ask when we played the second time should I take any of these out? Well, I and I I don't yeah, no, and I don't I don't know that I really I don't know that I really understood what you were saying. Like I don't know that mm. I understood that that was the 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 difficulty setting per yeah. se, right? Um and I don't know that I thought that I realized that we were at the highest setting either. So, oh, yeah, we're you know, we're consummate saying, professionals. Well, and so I was kind of like I was kind of thinking about it from the perspective of it's like we're at the normal level and we can't accomplish it and you're like, "Hey, guys, do I have to put it on like elementary mode for us ah i gotcha um, and so it's like well i don't know like no it's i don't know it's kind of like ghost stories right hmm. where it's like we're on the easiest <laughs> mode and we can't uh, accomplish it and you're just like there's something 
wrong with us? Why is this yeah. game so hard? The game is an absolute beater, though. <laughs> I know. That is, <laughs> that is just hitting your head with a hammer, and it feels good when you stomp. Well, yeah. yeah. But that's honestly, like, that's until I understood that we were on the hardest level, that's kind of how this game felt. Where it was like, how how could it even be possible to accomplish this? Yeah. And it can get harder. It can? Yeah. There's two kind of variable objective options that you can play with. One introduces a uh, population. So you have to manage and move your population away from the water. And if too many people die, uh, you lose. And the other one uh, introduces a uh, sort of different objectives. Uh, And so there are, there's a deck of, uh, I don't know about... Twelve. There's twelve. They have them right here. Twelve cards, and you can throw between four and six of them at random. Okay, so then my question for you is, how does this game scale? Because that makes me think that there's a uh, an ultimate player count that would allow you to accomplish... Oh, well, I don't know. Pandemic usually works quite well with most most player counts. Um, because I played you see this. What I'm saying though, like yeah. it's harder. If you can get harder, I feel like there has to be some sort of like loophole to make it slightly easier and accomplishable. With both of these sort of variable options, like there's still a, a scale. Like you can play on sort of an easier difficulty or a harder difficulty. It just kind of gives you more variability. Because some of the objectives are the same as the base game, and you know depending on how the game turns out you might get lucky quote unquote lucky but yeah, yeah. um i think it's I just like that's the only way to win as sometimes i it i it does feel like it with this one it's like if there's the one uh the uh the the <laughs> the big purple one <laughs> the big purple one that turned the the zudze Zuderze, uh into a uh, the freshwater lake that it is today. Does it have a oh, different South Sea? Does it have a South different sea, name yeah. after they turned it into a lake? I don't know. So they split they split it into uh like from what I saw, uh, they split it into two sections and they are named differently. Like one's I think Markermere and I mm. can't remember what the other one is, but I I do believe that they actually did name them differently. Um and fun fact they originally planned to turn the entire lake, that sort of inlet, into more farmland, but it was deemed infeasible. Infeasible. Not infeasible. Adam's pump guy would have been working overtime. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's it. There would have been no stopping the pumping that was <laughs> happening. <laughs> hey, you had a great jobs. It's true. It's true. Um, and, and boy, was I busy. I was busy trying to keep the water out. Um yeah, this this in my in my opinion, this is probably I've played a bunch of the different pandemics. Um I've played I, I think that like most everyone, um I've played the base pandemic a lot. Uh I can't think of very many people that would well, especially those that would be listening to this podcast that, that have not played pandemic. Uh it's just it's just not likely to happen. Not likely to be a thing. Um and and I've tried like we uh, Debbie and I used to own Pandemic Iberia. I think I sold it. Um, I, I, and like they're good. 
Uh, and I, I liked Iberia. I liked that it was a change of pace of the normal pandemic. Cause once you've, once you've played something enough times, uh, looking at you settlers of Catan, you just don't want to touch it anymore. You're just like, I'm over this. I don't, I don't want to do it. Uh, I've just played too many games, uh, and pandemic, albeit I still love pandemic and I like pandemic legacy and I, and all that kind of jazz. It, it, it does sort of outstay its welcome when you've played it probably four digit number of times, three to four digit number of times. Um, and it's, it's nice that they kind of like flipped the script and changed it up and, and made, I mean, Cthulhu pandemic. I've never played. I'm not, I can't really call myself a Lovecraft aficionado by any stretch of the word. Um, but like, I'm sure that one's lovely too, but like Iberia fall of Rome where it actually kind of feels a little more structured where it's not just like save the world. Uh, it's, it's like save this area, this area right here. And this area is plagued by a very specific problem. The problem in rising tide happens to be the sea is trying to eat us because we built our city literally below our city. We we built our country literally below sea level question mark. Um, I feel like you're speaking to how smart we are, by the way. I'm just saying. Well, you know, uh, I I suppose. (laughs) Um, Great at building pumps, that's for sure. Yeah, like, really innovative. I'll I'll give that to you. Very, very innovative. (laughs) (laughs) And so, they... So, so like, it it just feels more focused, and it it feels fresher. It's a nice change of pace. You're not just like, oh, gotta go save the world from... XYZ diseases that end up being called COVID, at least one of them. You're like, all right, which which one's COVID today? Uh, it, it it just consistently happens. And it's nice to have something that's not that. It, it's it's just nice to have a again, like that that change of pace. Um yeah, this I mean, arguably this one this one may be like my my new favorite way to play pandemic. I like the I like the the equilibrium, how the water consistently tries to equalize and get balanced out, which I, th- I think is a really interesting and, and cool little mechanic. I I never really thought, I, you know, I, I obviously I didn't think of it, nor would I think of it. It's not something it, it's it's good. It's well done. It's good. They they balanced everything out really well. They made very interesting decisions that caused the players to make a bunch of interesting decisions. And it's yeah, it, it's not more of the same. And and regardless of whether you play on the hardest difficulty or not, which I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why you, you I wouldn't play recommend on the hardest it, difficulty. honestly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, maybe you know, maybe try on on normal, despite being consummate professionals. Um, but yeah, like, like I I I say, give this one a try. Like if you're if you're a pandemic fan at all, I I really strongly recommend trying some of the the spinoffs of it. Um, and not 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 necessarily just the legacy game, although the legacy game is fantastic. But try try something like Rising Tide, where it it has a different take, a different take on on a similar on a familiar mechanic. It actually feels kind of nice. Did you know that the Delta Workin built in the south of the Netherlands is considered one of the seven modern wonders of the world? Wow, what are the other six? I don't know, Tom. Okay, I don't cool. know. That's because we don't do research on this podcast. That's that's what we you do. Get. Minimal research, Tom. You get whatever I can Google and find on 
online at the time of recording. That's what you get. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with, I agree with you, Adam. It's, it's, it's really good. I like this. I like the new spin on things. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's good to get a little bit of, uh, a little bit of new, new, new life into it. There's also like the pandemic hot zone and pandemic hot zone Europe or Europe and North America. Those are like the two mini pandemics. I've played the Europe one. It's nice. It's, it's basically just a, a shorter, game of pandemic but yeah. uh pretty much all the roles are the same uh i think it brings in uh the quarantine specialist sort of from um some of the other ones these are one of the more like sort of like massive s- splits yeah yeah these are the ones that are on their website as pandemic system games because Ooh. i think yeah i think they're not i think these are ones that they're like sort of taking a lot of liberties with but keep the general structure of the whole like four actions four actions you get more cards shit goes bad everything constantly gets worse <laughs> and then you drown or get i don't know struggle to survive rome falls <laughs> you scratch your head trying to figure out what happens yeah, yeah. Like, how did we get here could have sworn this place wasn't filled with water five minutes ago what the hell true what the hell happened true I, I think the best card by the way is the little dutch boy oh yeah oh yeah i i like the event cards because they have that like they have a similar um look to them which is that i'm gonna i don't remember what it's called but it's like that dutch blue they all, look, blue. They all look like yeah like little paintings one of them is a little dutch boy with his finger in the dam yeah he only helps so much, though. Oh, yeah, no. Like, I mean, it's just, it's totally a kitsch card. He's not going to save your ass. Yeah, I, I will confirm with that, or agree with that. <laughs> we, we can confirm. <laughs> Little Dutch Boy can't save your ass yeah, on the hardest can't difficulty. Confirm. Little Dutch Boy didn't do shit. Can't right. confirm. <laughs> Small children will not save you from floods. There you go. <laughs> no, no. Sticking your finger in the dam is not going to save the country. Just saying. But what, an, what about enough people with enough fingers in enough dams? Whoa, sounds like communism. <laughs> oh, no, going deep. <laughs> Anything else from anybody before we um, fl- flood on over? No. Um, pour on over? Swim on over to reviews. Pour on, pour over, pour over to reviews. Ooh. What? Pour over to reviews. <laughs> pour over. All right. We're making really hipster coffee all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. Adam, you are the most hipster of us all. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sure Justin's in there. It's a spectrum. So, uh, reviews, right. So, uh, on a scale for me of keep or not keep, whether I would keep this game in my collection or get rid of it, I think this is a keeper. Like, I, I love Pandemic, um... I liked this game. I like its spin. I like the the colors. I like the, you know, novelty of the different words and the different language and all that stuff. And, you know, it was just, it was just different and it was, it was good. I think it's a, I think it's a worthy addition to your pandemic collection. I don't know. Maybe if you have all of them, maybe it's not worth it. I don't know. But like, I've only got regular pandemic and like legacy pandemic. So if I had this, I'd keep it around. Um, for the like $50 US that it costs, I don't know that I'll run out and go grab it, but like if I see it around, I might give it a try or one of the other one of the other ones, maybe, you know, see how it goes. If I if I see it kicking around, I might I might pick it up on a whim. But uh yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. Uh nice little spin on things. And uh yeah, if I had it, I'd keep it. Justin, what do you think? Perfect. It's only fifty-five dollars Canadian wow. for one games. Wow. Wow, think of the exchange rate. That's incredible. That incredible. Right? 
That's about the cost of one head of iceberg lettuce. Right <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got some, Ooh, topical. I've got some lettuce growing in my uh, hydroponic thing. I could probably just like trade that, right? <laughs> Wait, is this are are you is this slang, right? You know, a little yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 no. I wish oh. I wish I was that fucking cool. No, it's actual lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> I got, my, I got my hydroponic lettuce growing, if you know what I mean. Wink, wink. Yeah. You know, we're guys. talking real Maine. We're talking iceberg. No, these are, yeah. these are the <laughs> special air. Which is arguably more expensive than the other stuff. Now. is what I've got growing. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds Justin. fancy. Just, Justin. Well, hey, <laughs> you're right. Bringing it on back. Yeah, I I really enjoy this one. Um, I would say that right now my two favorite pandemics are Rising Tide and Iberia. Because they bring something new to the table and they kind of limit the scope so you can easily get a game out in under an hour even with like three or four people i find and it's 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 fun i i enjoy sort of the the added sort of optional objectives that you get with them the new variety of uh, characters you can be and i just like seeing how a, a, the familiar sort of system of pandemic interacts with these different mechanics and the new puzzle that it creates so I, yeah i really enjoy it um it has that modular uh difficulty setting so you don't have to play it on ultra heroic like we did um so if you enjoy winning uh, you know just 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 uh turn it down a if notch you like feeling good in life like <laughs> we came close we came yeah. so close i i don't know i feel better getting close than knowing i'm gonna win I want well, every victory win. for just like, just being like to the last turn. Oh, Justin. It has to be heroic stru- uh, struggle at all times. I, You know, for some reason, this does not surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? I like a good struggle. How about you, Debbie? I'm not really sure how I feel about the last statement. Um, yeah, I mean... I don't I'm definitely like, not a loser. <laughs> I had to really like get past that last comment. Um I I'm definitely not as big of a fan as of pandemic as some. Um I mean it's still good. Like I get it. I don't know that it's like exhilarating for me or I don't know. I mean it's definitely I think better than the other ones. It has a little kind of special place in my heart just because of the fact that it's Holland. So I mean, sorry. <laughs> I don't know what to say, but um yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. I'm I don't know. I okay, so I'm on a scale of uh, out of five i it's a four if you get the opportunity to play it you definitely should um it is definitely better i think than the standard pandemics that's a little spice um yeah yeah that's me sorry all right adam i'm canadian i mean that was yeah it was that's the most um, that was the most tepid review i think we've ever had from you no. i know and i don't know like i don't know why i just i'm very mediocre on it and i just i'm not uh, yeah i don't know so it's so it's mediocre for you and then dutch bumps it up by one mm-hmm. yeah it's because we lost I mean, it, isn't it has it? it definitely has like i just think that it's really cool i it's think you're gonna lost, find yeah. that with most people right um yeah i i'm on a scale of one to ten um I like this one a lot. It I, I like the the change. Like change is a good thing in this case. Uh, it's it's different. 
it like it spices it up um the the biggest the biggest thing i consistently point to is that whole water equilibrium thing where if it's three cubes here then everything connected to it is automatically one less because the water is trying to balance itself out everything downstream of the two cubes is down to one cube and like it, it just makes sense um it also changes like I, I find that there's a certain level of pandemic where it's like oh you know like we're we we know that this location is at three cubes and so we're just gonna let it we're gonna pull one cube off of it and drop it down to two and then we know we're okay we know we don't really need to like go deeper on it until later and until like a, an outbreak comes up and then okay well now we need to like readdress all of these locations that we that we've already kind of just been 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 keeping at a at a near catastrophe level um and i mean that's a that's a very valid strategy for for pandemic um this game doesn't let you do that like there's always there's always a a, a level of of just trying to manage something and i i think that that's part of it um part of the part of the reason why i like it so much you can't just like sit back and be like oh you know everything is it's i mean it's not completely on fire it's just kind of smoldering right now so we're just we're just going to kind of sit back and and try and you know dick around and and, and solve things like we're going to put our focus on solving on curing the diseases for now because we don't need to manage anything per se um whereas this one you are in constant management mode it's it's pretty damn fantastic uh i give this one an eight and a half out of ten very good game um yeah yeah it's good uh some of the some of the things I, I dislike about it is that some of the locations are kind of hard to see it's hard to determine what's connected to what in certain locations um and and like no i i get that i get that but like i just i i don't and i don't have a solution which is why i mean like what what do you want me to do with it right i don't have a solution to be like oh well if they just did xyz things like it would be fixed like that's kickstarter ultimate edition double the size inlays for the little dikes so they don't float float around color yeah like borders. double double layered board so that that can show you yeah like I, I you know a double layered board would be would be pretty super cool but starting at 150 dollars yeah that bingo there's the rub right like debbie's mom's number for helping pronunciation yeah. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, yeah. Like, <laughs> a pronunciation guide would be would be lovely uh, you know, like I there's a, there's a lot of little know. things. I looked at phonetic spelling on some of that, and I was like, "Yeah, no." Nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I but just like one thing, like and and you brought this up, Adam, and I. How many times did you like? Do you stick your fingers on the board and you end up pushing because the dikes are so close together and they're yeah knocking like, things around. Yeah, and you're like yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're so close. You're like, uh, I don't know where that was. <laughs> <laughs> Like that is that is a one hundred percent like huge huge flaw to this game. I will because the second you start sliding stuff around, it's so easy to change the status of the game. Hmm. Sure, I'm 
sorry you brought that up i didn't yeah no for sure for sure and and like i said that's that's kind of where the double layered board question mark comes into play right where it's like maybe a maybe a dual layered board or or some kind of overlay that that gives you places where it it holds the pieces a little more firmly maybe that's what it needs to really take it from that that take it to that next level with that being said i mean i still think it's it's this is an incredible pandemic game pandemic style game it's really damn good that's what i'm trying to say really damn good right on yeah look to our merch store for the double layered magnetic board where you can pour water on it uh Jesus, that's incredible. Actual water. Actual water. That's <laughs> actual water. <laughs> Look, it goes like this. <laughs> it raises and lowers depending on what you're doing to to match yeah. the real pumps. Oh god. Oh man. <laughs> All right. This game now costs four grand. Uh hope. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a hoot to build though. There you go. There you go, Justin. I've given you I've given you something to work towards with all of your uh, engineering skills and your carpentry. You can build yourself a real sweet decked out board for this. All right. All right. So moving on to friendly updates. Um, yeah, if you if you have any sort of constructive criticism for us or, you know, anything that you want to see, what you like, what you don't like, you can fire us an email at collapsinggameshelf at gmail.com. Um I mean, you can probably still find us on Twitter if it hasn't just like burned itself to the ground by now. You can hit us up <laughs> at, close. at CGS Podcast. I'm honestly not sure how long we're going to stay around that hellhole. Uh, so, you know, if you have anything want to shoot us, do it now before, I don't know, we close shop on that one. Um, and, you know, same thing for me at Team Rage Tom. Um, yeah, I mean, we might find somewhere else to like make announcements and connect with people because like, I don't know, Twitter's kind of a shithole right now. And I don't know that I want to be, I don't know, supporting that moron. So, uh, anyway, regardless, regardless of that, um, other things is that we're probably going to be going on sort of like a, I don't know, monthly sort of scenario right now. Everything's just really busy and keeping up with the weekly thing was getting too tough. So we'll probably be getting fewer of these out there, but we'll still be trying to, trying to, trying to get these to you. So, you know, get us your suggestions on what you'd like to hear. Um, and yeah, thanks. And that's going to be it for me. Uh, Justin, you got anything? You know what? Technically, I'm still on Twitter. So I guess you can always find me there at Don't Trust Justin. (laughs) Are you though? Are are you? Are you still there? Technically. Did you pay your $8 to get verified? (laughs) Jesus. I did not. No, I'm uh, happily unverified. Oh Jesus! Yeah, really. Yeah. You needed this is un- this is unbelievable. You needed to right? strike while the iron was hot on that one before they like. Oh shit! This is a fucking bad <laughs> idea. <laughs> what an absolute disaster! Eight thousand people with the name Elon Musk and a, and a blue check mark showed up and started making trouble. Ah, <laughs> uh, perfect as all things should God. be. Uh, all right. What a mess. What a mess. <laughs> Debbie. Uh, yeah. So you guys can get me at, at Mrs. Wynn. That's at M-R-S-W-H-Y-N on Instagram and Twitter. I, I, I mean, I'm all in the same boat. I don't really on Twitter, but nonetheless, um, yeah, you guys can get a hold of me there. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm not very exciting. I, I work a lot now. Um, I'm very boring and very tired. <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. Thanks. Love ya. Adam? <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks. Hey, thanks for the thanks for the handoff there. That was great. I was. I uh, was getting there. I was getting yeah, there. Yeah. Okay. What? Just yeah. giving the patented so, so four second pause. You know. That... Yeah. <laughs> little little Dutch boys. What that was 
finger like you know be, fall off from from over hydration <laughs> atrophy from i'm, like, I'm not really right. sure where this is going yeah yeah you know i i started it then i, I hear lost more track about of it the too but that's Dutch boy's finger contact adam at that's right yeah and if you want to contact me and tell me about dutch boy's fingers please don't no um, please start <laughs> start that over again please <laughs> <laughs> um okay yes if you're if you're looking for me on social media i'm at for the win um everywhere all over the place f-o-r-t-h-e-w-h-y-n just look for me if there's some kind of new social media thing that pops up i've heard something about this thing called hive uh that's twitter minus elon so a lot of people are going there <laughs> uh maybe i'll Maybe I'll get on that, too. Not that I post a whole lot, but that's a thing. Um, also, if you like barbecue stuff, um, Debbie and I are doing Texas-style barbecue in the Calgary area. Um, FTW Barbecue and Bakery on Facebook, and our website is live at For the Win, F-O-R-T-H-E-W-H-Y-N. You can uh, find find out what we're all about uh, and get some grub uh whenever we do it so we'll be we we are currently working on getting schedules posted up there etc etc um yeah for the win.com for the win social media um possibly on hive question mark that's it <laughs> you can be the first person to follow adam on hive whatever the fuck yeah whatever the fuck that is that's the thing apparently <laughs> yeah i've heard of like hive and mastodon are the two that i've heard the most of mastodon uh anyway uh Thank you again so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And we'll be back at you next time with something fun. Thanks again. Bye. And remember, subscribe now for your complimentary copy of Dutch for Dummies. You're right. No, no. <laughs>